1: Welcome to the Boss Hog of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 288 of Program's favorite podcast. Jeremiah Morrill here, joined by executive video audio producer, engineer, Zach Burcham, and my forever co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis is back in his rightful place. Dakota, you have planned a hell of a show for us today. What are we
0: doing? Today's episode is the return of Mr. John Sprouls, and he brought his entire leadership team with us. Also, it's the return of Matt Pierce. You've been on the show before. This is uh, the triumphant return. It's been a while. The last time you were on the show, I think we were still in my spare bedroom. Um, But we're going to be talking to uh, these folks. We're about... um, uh, We'll just say John Sprouls gave a state of the sheriff's department address to the commissioners, and we're going to be going through some of the points that he made in that meeting, trying to break it down a little bit. He was constrained by a 30 minute time allotment on that meeting, and you know, so we're going to give him double the time. And then we're going to be talking about, uh. I don't have to be anywhere till like noon tomorrow. I'm good. Okay. And then we're also going to be talking about uh, the structure of the Sheriff's Department and uh, what the whole leadership structure looks like, learning a little bit more about the Henry County Sheriff's Department. And then also at the very end of the show, we're going to be talking about the Merit Board and uh, what's special about that. So make sure you stick around till the end if you want to hear that. So this show is about our lives
1: in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes will provoke you, other times'll make you laugh, but hopefully you 'll always learn something new dakota we uh, We learned about your penchant to not visit a doctor in patreon do you um, Do you need the patrons to to call you out? What do you want to do? The
0: show this podcast has just awful health insurance uh, <laughs> provides the absolute worst. our employers here. we need to have a discussion with h r which I think we elected Zach as that position. Uh, Zach is the union committee. His, yeah, part of his duties. Uh, yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash liberty or you can go to BossHogOfLiberty.com and click support now. Uh, that is where you can go to support the show on a monthly basis, monetarily. And uh, we give all kinds of different extras for that. You get a 20-minute bonus episode with our guests every single week where we talk about um, a little bit more of our personal lives, or personal side of things. It's a little bit more of a lighthearted episode. And then you also get access to a Facebook group and show notes ahead of time. And then if you donate at $50 or more a month, then those folks are mentioned at the front of the show. And they are Miss Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne, Mr. Jonathan Phillips, and also Mr. Anthony Meyer. I will say Christy is uh,
1: collecting interesting items for the LP uh, silent auction. I saw that from, and, and I have somehow gotten myself wrapped into picking up a vintage collection of 1990 playboy magazines <laughs> from 1990 that got donated to Rex bell. And he didn't sell them like 10 years ago at a, at a yard sale. Cause he tried to keep <laughs> family friendly. They weren't that vintage back then. And I made, yeah, they weren't. And uh, p- former president Trump is on the cover of one of these, of, of, of one of these <laughs> with some young lady who's old enough to be my grandma now. And I, in a smart ass way, I said, Hey, Christy, this'd be great for the silent auction. Cause she's always asking for silent auction items. Next thing you know, I'm now responsible for picking up a tote of 35 year uh, magazines that are as old as my wife and getting them to Christy. So if anybody from the sheriff's department, if anybody wants over while you're carrying, if those, anybody, it's be well, listen, a little embarrassing. First of all, I think they have significant value. Uh, and, second of all uh, the first amendment but the uh, <laughs> i think i think they'll be very popular at the silent auction so i'm kind of excited now so anyway that's the christie
2: story my favorite one. thing is the jokes and the mocking that can come into play if somebody acts too excited about <laughs> it like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah this is all you can get right and just like just is yeah i have a question Yes,
3: would you just be reading the articles, or were you?
1: Well, here's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a moral dilemma because they are. I think they're all moral wrapped. Dilemma. Yes, a moral dilemma. They are wrapped in like plastic, the entire thing. So if you open it, I think you violated the spirit of the silent auction. And someone's gonna know you. And somebody's it. gonna know unless unless I gain access to like a bunch of Visqueen or something to rewrap them all. But that sounds that you sounds like a up. lot. It's very complicated. Sounds like a lot of trouble. Of yeah, and then at some point you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to pay for the damn things myself and buy it, and they never make it, and you end up spending a thousand dollars on old magazines that you never even wanted anyway. Mm. I don't know
3: for a good cause.
1: I, I an eBayer that I know might know what the what the, what an entire 1990 mid edition sell them for you. set would be worth. Yeah,
3: I don't know if we can do that on eBay. I don't know if they have anything against
2: <laughs> or, or anything
3: they're in market. a they're sealed. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: <laughs> Leave it to the. I mean, they did. They did strike down an auction of used panties this week of some. That was the that made news. That was ninety five
3: thousand know? hey. It got to some.
2: It was like ninety three thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, it was. It was a. I can't. Remember. Her name was Lotto or something like that. And she she did it because some guy gave gave her a hard time about wearing the same underwear twice because she I don't know she's a rapper or something. And she's like, <laughs> fine, I'll just start selling them. And she was I'm like, was she had a pair? that were bid up to $93,000. Remember when we were worried this was going to go off the rails? I'm no longer concerned.
4: (laughs) I I am no longer concerned. When did you guys stop stop bidding, man?
0: Before we started, John said, what happens if this show gets too far off the rails?
4: Uh,
3: They were game
1: used.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there we go.
1: So, John, uh, let's let's just start with introductions here to make sure that everybody understands who's here and what... uh, you, you won the election. You were here with us in November, right? Well, I guess October. Uh, best memory I have. And you took office as county sheriff in, uh, I guess, first of January. Yes, so you've correct. just completed a month on okay. the job. Uh, and that afforded you the opportunity to appoint your leadership team to the department. Uh, so tell us who's sitting with us today, and and then we'll we'll start to get into what what you've discovered now as you've become okay, sheriff.
4: Sure. Well, thanks for having me back. Um, to my right is my chief deputy. He's actually the only appointment on the road division side, um, so he's he's the chief deputy, which is also the major. We call him major. That's the rank structure. And across the table from me is Captain Nate Kovacs. Actually, let me clarify something. It's actually Ian is his name. Everybody calls him Nate, but it, that's Captain Ian. Am I right, Captain? And he's, You're correct. Yes, yes. He's the road, the road division captain. So he is the head of all of the, all of the road officers. To his left is Captain Matt Pierce, the detective captain. So that is our, that's, this is one, two, three, and four. Um, so this is us and, and a, great, a great team. I inherited these guys, um, but I'll tell you this: I would have, if I didn't inherit them, they would be sitting right there, just like that, um, had I had to appoint them.
1: Very good. All right, so tell us, tell us what happens when you and I, I'm, I'm going off the fly here. When you have a change administration, what how does how does that work? One sheriff retires; the next one picks up, and there are multiple divisions that you're responsible for. The most visible is the is the road division, but you also have a jail, you have reserves, you have some
4: administrative
1: responsibilities as well. Correct. How does how does that handoff work?
4: Well, how should it work, or how did it work, or where, what what answer do you want? Um, our handoff was just a uh, I came in at, at uh, January first. There was there was no transition uh, whatsoever. There was really uh, not even conversation. Um, there were no meetings. So um, I just came in January one with my new team, and the first thing we did was start rearranging furniture, office furniture, trying to just get it um, more user friendly. And uh, it was it was interesting. It's been very interesting. It, it was um, I figured it would be a um, a lot, but it it's been a whole lot, and it's been good. There's just been some shocking realities uh, that have brought some complexity to it. Uh, but but we've I'm excited. I'm loving it. Loving every minute of it. It's it's been it has been busier than I than I thought it would be. Uh, but we have a great team, so we're we're enjoying it. But we've got some we've got some things that we need to get done and get squared away and. And uh, it'll take a little bit of time. So what's, what's the top of the list? Top of the list on, on things that we need to get done? Well, we, we need to get a handle on the finances. Um, that was the biggest shocker. Again, like I said, there was, there, there was no meetings at all. Uh, in fact, I uh, just be be very transparent here, uh, I believe there was, um, there was a, a push to, you know, don't, don't let him in here. So to speak. Now, I mean, I could walk in there and ask him a question, um, but there was no proactive. Hey, come in here, sit down, let's talk about where we're at. Um, so, about two weeks out, I was in new sheriff school. Uh, Might have been three weeks before the first. Uh, I was in new sheriff school at Muncie with with uh, Chief Deputy and our new um, our new office uh, staff and um, the the matron and assistant matron. And so I, I, I made a call to the then, uh, let's just say, administrative staff. And I said, hey, I need to know where we're at financially. I need some kind of a report that shows all of the bills that are due. You know, I, I need to know what I'm coming into here. I need to, need to get prepared. And um, this I'll, I'll say this, this shocked me. I, I, this is so shocking. So I was told, what do you mean by bills that are due? The, the bills that are due and past due and how and, and, you know.
1: I, I assume you're used to looking at things like you would in business where exactly. you've got your
4: accounts receivable, yeah, accounts so, yeah, payable. Exactly. So I, those were the words that I used. I said, I need a, an, an AP report and an AP aging report. And the specific response was, I have no idea what an AP aging report is because we don't have such a thing because I said, they said, what is that? I said, it's, it shows your accounts payable, current, Thirty days past due, sixty days past due, ninety and one hundred twenty past, and uh, um, you know, very used to looking at those. Unfortunately, I've looked at my own that I was having to look at the sixty and ninety days past due numbers. Um, but I was told, well, we don't we don't have that because we pay our bills when we get them. And I said, you're telling me that all the bills are paid up for the sheriff's department? And the answer was, yes. I mean, you might have a bill from the kitchen or something. That, you know, they bill in, in, in December and you'll have to pay that out of your budget. And there was one other item paying out some, um, oh, some comp time on on an employee that was leaving. You'll have to take that out of your budget, but everything else is paid. And I said, I I, I know better than that. I've worked around here long enough to know better than that. So, um, but I was assured everything's paid. I thought, well, this is great. So um, as soon as I hung up, I just dialed up one of our uniform stores. And I said, hey, can you check our account? Yeah, you've got invoices from June, July, August, September, still due. So, so far, I've got a report here. So far, we have paid $122,000 of bills that, that were due starting in January of 2022. So this is what we've been working through, trying to figure out where in the world we're at. A lot of these invoices, they didn't even exist we were finding out by people calling, "Hey, we're you know when are we going to get paid?" Well, we don't have any, in, we have no record of an invoice here. So that's that has been the the biggest struggle, and we are still this number just keeps climbing because we keep finding invoices that um, that haven't been paid. We had a car that we bought in was you guys would know was that August, so in that time range, and uh, we we hadn't even paid for it.
1: What's so, a very what dealership was that? Because I want to work with them. Yeah.
5: Exactly. yeah. <laughs> Oops, Zach, yeah. we got
4: a.
2: Nope, sorry.
5: Uh, I was just
4: saying they were not real happy. <laughs> yeah, but they they are paid now, but that puts us in a huge bind because all of this for now has had to come out of my budget, and um, we're, we're there's there's a lot of things to talk about on that, and, and we'll, we'll 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 touch them as we as we move through.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so. Whenever you were at the uh, commissioners' meeting, um, you were talking about uh, um, some different things that you found whenever you came into office. So I kind of wanted to know when your first day in office and you start learning some new things about the department, uh, what was kind of the most shocking thing? Like that that you stepped into, or was there anything that was surprising to you? I know you had I know you had a good idea like when you were running, but again the finances
4: were shocking because I was just told that everything's paid up, and and I knew better than that. But not to the tune of well, I'll tell you, I have sixty one invoices right here, sixty one that were unpaid as far back as January. Again, that's so far. That was the most shocking thing. I'll tell you another interesting thing uh, about this. There was a lot of talk during the campaign about police experience and i I actually just kind of thought about this for the first time today not one thing that 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 I have serious issue that I've had to deal with so far has anything to do with police experience it has to do with business and um so that that was that was the biggest shocking thing I'll tell you the other thing that that hit me um harder than I thought and maybe I didn't even think about this, but but a weight that settled down on me, I believe it might have been uh, January 2nd. Um, I was I was in the jail, um, just I, I stopped in late in the night just to, to check on the jail staff. And there was a, an inmate in a, in a holding cell just screaming for help and and she wasn't in any trouble at all. I said, hey, let me let me talk to her. So I talked to her for a little bit, and um, she was just having a lot of struggles. And I remember walking out, and when I walked out the door, a weight settled down on me that there are 225 inmates back there in your custody. Are they being taken care of? Um, And that has been the heaviest thing uh, that has has settled down on me, really, is the care of those inmates. I care about them. Uh, I I want them to eat good food. I want them to be treated uh, respectfully. And so as far as a burden, I felt that heavier than 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 anything else.
0: I think that's a sentiment we've heard from other elected officials is like they're really excited when they get elected. And then all of a sudden their first few meetings or votes, they're like, oh, there's a lot of people that I'm responsible for. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that seems natural. It seems like a a good feeling to have for someone in a leadership position like that.
4: Yeah. No. I. I've. Like I said. I. I love every bit of it. And I, I. I. just know I'm right where the Lord wants me to be. And I. I love that. Um, but caring for the people. That is. That is. Um, it's. A, it, that is a. A heavy weight. Um, and then caring for our. Our. Our employees. He was talking about the different uh, level, the different types of employees. So, we have 28 road deputies. Um, we have 30. 30 some like 35 jail staff. We have about we have about 75 full-time um paid employees. It's between 75 and 28 or 78, I'm sorry. <laughs> I sound like Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, my wife and kids are laughing now. They're like hey, he does sound like Joe Biden. Um but we have with the We reason- can go out for ice cream later. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We, and not get a brain freeze. <laughs> So we have about 115 total with the reserves, with 25 reserves. So there's that's a lot of people to to care for.
1: So the the number you mentioned to me that's shocking, and I I know some of you you go, I can't have, remember a time where Henry County had 200 more than 200 folks in in the county detention facility or the jail at one time.
4: How did you said 265? We have we have today we have 226. Okay, yes, 226, and our capacity is. This is important right here. Two forty six is the capacity. OK, um, what, how, what was
1: our capacity across the street here when we were downtown?
4: Oh, help us. The, the actual capacity.
6: Like one thirty, I think
1: yeah. one thirty. Yeah. So, somehow we've picked in, in a year, right? we that facility's been open a year and we've picked up an extra hundred head count than where we were. So y'all get better at your jobs. How, how did we get how did we pick up that much that fast?
3: It's not that we picked up that much that fast. We were holding off, and there was a real push for things to kind of get moved through the system slowly on the prosecutor's end, not on their fault, but they're being told we have nowhere to house them, and it was causing the great. I mean, the amount of money we were spending to house out of county. So once this opened, it allowed us some of that to push forward. So that logjam kind of freed up, so it put us in this spot where if we keep going, we're out of room.
1: So arrests that maybe were backburnered or not ready to happen is essentially what has led to your increased headcount right now?
3: So two ways arrests happen. One would be custodial on the street, Uh, you know, domestic battery, DUI, warrants, things like that. And other things are come to, like, my division or their division where we file with the prosecutor's office for review before it's taken to the court for warrant to be issued and served. Some of that stuff was just, especially lower stuff, was just moved slowly, unfortunately, because there was no capacity. Mm -hmm.
1: So is, so you, you've, you look at it like it's a wave, right? And you've, you've gotten to a point where the wave has crested, but then you've got to think that you've, you've still only got 50,000 people the in the community, hasn't right? wave has crested. The you th- are cresting. Yeah. Yeah. We, we uh, just had a meeting with either. the prosecutor's office, and there is still... But you're gonna, there's going to be some smoothing, is what I'm saying. I guess what I'm looking at, a, six months, a year down the road at some point, or are you telling us, hey, you no, know, we really need to plan on preparing for three or four hundred people being in jail?
6: My understanding of it was that we had farmed out many of these people to other counties to hold because the fear was once we had the new facility built and we brought those people back, we would be at that capacity that was set by the federal courts, that 80% number pretty much immediately as soon as we brought them and stopped paying the other counties to hold them. Okay. Mm, so, it was kinda...
4: so, so really, we had, just because we, we were maxed out over here, but we probably were not talking about that number that we had at, at all of these other locations. So, that were in so, the Henry County yeah, system. So we haven't gone from 130 to 220. It, it has gradually built. We just haven't thought about it much or talked about it because they're in, we didn't want to talk about it because if the community said, how much are we paying for them? They had a heart attack hundreds and hundreds of thousands a year to house them at other locations right uh, but but,
1: but, if, but if county council thought 200, 200 people and then you get here and it's hey yeah we need to expand right now yeah. like as a as a citizen you're looking at it going oh my god oh, yeah, like, hey, you know we we spent 20 million dollars on a facility that's been open a year and we're
4: like yeah it's it already needs to change yeah, yeah. and i said that in, in the in the commissioner meeting we ha- we we actually we need to be working right now on the on, on the addition, so apparently, to my understanding, we cut off we had we was going to build another pod, and I think they eliminated that to save six million or so that's that 's my general understanding of it um, We have had that rebid out recently, and it 's almost twelve million now for the same thing so um, we, we that, that's, that was a difficult move there we need this we need this expansion to be happening now. There are still warrants stacking up, and and, and some high end ones that, that we need to um, we need to be we need to be serving, and and we are. So one thing I was going to say about this 246 capacity, 28 people are, are that there is one section that holds 28. It's for kind of a, like a rehabilitation type of program. We only have 14 people in there. As of today, so fourteen when you look at the two hundred and twenty six the capacity right now is is not two forty six it's two thirty two because we've only got fourteen back there. We can't put anybody else back in there so two hundred and thirty two is technically all that we can have elsewhere, and we have two hundred and and, and twenty six so we're 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 completely full okay, so so we're, we're
1: at, yeah. yeah so we're so let's talk about the makeup in. I guess the timeline is that how this works because many of us are on this side of of the criminal justice system and don't have a full understanding of it. You have folks that that have are either pre-trial or post trial are we talking half of the folks that are there are awaiting trial and they're there for that reason or are we talking about folks that are yep. serving a sentence but they have to so serve it in Henry County?
4: I can look back real quick, but to my knowledge, we had a hundred and It's in the hundred and seventies today that have not been sentenced. So out of our total, here it is 174 are not sentenced,
1: um, convicted, but not sentenced or awaiting trial.
4: They're, they're, they're not, they're awaiting trial. They're, they're not, they have, they've not been sentenced. They're, they're waiting. They're there without bond. They can't bond out. And, um, so they're, they're awaiting sentencing. We only have 25 inmates this is interesting. Out of that whole number, only twenty-five inmates that are there because they're sentenced there. Right, mm. and that's that's where I'm like, I
1: do you need? This is me being skeptical and not not being difficult. But do we need a new jail, or do we need the prosecutor's office and the courts to move people through? Because that's the the way
4: yeah, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Well, we've had that. I've sat down with the judges and had this discussion. How how can we how can we thin this down? And they and they they said there's no way. I mean, they have to they have to be sentenced. Their backlog. They've got a hundred. Think about it. They've got 174 people right. that need sentence.
1: That's and we, we've talked about it on here that you've got like, what was it, as of last November five murder or, or violent crimes. The trials to complete in the county.
4: We've got a couple murder. I don't know, if Matt. You would know.
3: Sorry, I'm taking a second. There are a couple backed up in there, and those take. Typically, a long time. The, the quickest I've seen one get through is just a hair under a year. Yeah,
5: mm. Jeremiah. the The vast majority of those we we've looked through those. We're, we're not holding people for you know a, a public intox or or a DUI. They are they're either FTAs where they they don't want to show up to court,
1: failure to appear, right? Uh, yes,
5: yeah. yes. Or it's a more serious offense.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's the from this side, for me and Zach and Dakota, you, you guys are both civilians, like I am. Just the comprehension of how long it takes to pro to go through the to go through the system, I guess, is what you don't. The standard person doesn't have a recollection of or an understanding of that it's not. Yeah, we're gonna get you know. Yeah, you are arrested, but you're gonna sit there for a week or two or three, and you want to get a trial over with. It's that you're you're essentially in a gigantic queue,
4: right? Yeah, and 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 most most of these people, like he said, they are. They have, uh, they've not shown up for court, so they put a no-bond warrant. So when you go to jail, you're staying there until you, until you go see the judge. So um, people like, like we have been, this is one change, and this may be a good place to, to talk about it. Um, we have been uh, taking people to jail who are uh, arrested for driving while suspended prior. This is something new. We, we had just been citing them. And what was happening, it was just, it was clogging up the the courts because we would cite them into court. They wouldn't show up to court. So then they would get an FTA um, warrant. So there was all kinds of process going on. So the judge said, just take them to jail. Take them straight to jail. And um, that way, you know, a lot of them will just go from jail to the court. Some of them can bond, they'll bond out, but they have to get a little more serious about taking care of the issues so but those people just cycle through they're in for one night or they're in for one hour and bond out Um, but it's it's a way to to try to alleviate uh, the the paperwork on the on the court side of it
1: but you've got at least 100 people that can't that are not eligible for bonding
4: yeah well not i don't i'd have to look up that exact total but we're
3: um, dozens,
1: I guess. Right?
4: Yeah, Is that, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, a yeah, significant
1: yeah. number.
3: A majority of people that come in have a bond minus an FTA or something outstanding, probation violation, parole violation, where they they have something active that they've already violated. But you know, one, they can't afford it, or or two, uh, for some reason, nobody will come forward and bond them out, so they're just in the system waiting.
1: All right, to you're you're in charge. You wrote the notes, so I'm
0: I'm wandering wildly. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look through the notes to see what we've covered and what we haven't so far. Um, John, this is something that you brought up in the campaign uh, quite a lot, and that was uh, one of your priorities was funding for two more full-time deputies in the Sheriff's Department. Correct. Is that still a top it's, priority for uh, absolutely, you? Absolutely,
4: absolutely. Um, we, we, we need two full-time, two more, because uh, Matt, is he's one detective short, really, honestly, you're, you're you're practically two detectives short, so um, we have to have two more. However, if we could if we can pick up two more, um, that would put us at thirty uh, road road division. I think I w- I'm comfortable to say that we would be in in good shape. We did bring the so I had talked about the pace team. We did bring that. Uh, we eliminated the pace team program, so um, that position is now working the road, covering county calls. Uh, which is which is a good thing. You just took my next question, man. Oh, okay. I was yeah, going to yeah. Ask you about no, that? No, yeah. no. We took care of that uh, right off the bat, and so that helped us um, uh, manpower wise uh, covering the county. So, we, but we still need two more. And I think the council is going to work with us. I'll tell you what. What I am. Um, what what I sense uh, from the council and the commissioners. Um, I think. Let, let, let me say this. My, my big scope view right now, and, and, and I'll hone it, I'll hone it in more and I can update you later on it. But, but here is my, my big picture of where we're at at the Sheriff's Department financially. Uh, and this is no fault of commissioners, no fault of counsel. We have been, let me take the jail staff, for example. No, when we came in uh, January 1st, we had nine full time open positions for jail staff. Nine. We had pretty much averaged that open staff all the way through the year 2022. Um, and this is so unbelievable. That's a lot of money. That is funded, that is funded uh, positions. Okay. So just use easy numbers nine times 40,000. Yep. 360,000. Okay. Um, at the end of the year, and again, we're still just trying to figure out what, what are, we're having a real hard time figuring out is where, where did the money go?
1: How, what, how did that get transferred? Where did right? it go?
4: Yeah. Because I do know this, we didn't turn money back over to the, the, uh, the commissioners or, 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 to the, to the county. Um, and there may have been several small funds with a little bit of money that would revert back. Um, but where did all this money go? So my, my big general feel as, as I look at this, we have been not hiring, uh, for positions, using that money as slush fund money. And I know there is a process. You can't just grab payroll money and buy a car with it. Uh, there is a process there. But um, we have we have been short-funded as far as our expenses, our, our costs, our operating costs, short-funded possibly by several hundred thousand dollars. And again, not the fault of the council because they don't, they don't know we need it unless we say hey we need this line item um so w- we've been using money from and and we have filled we've already hired we have filled all of those full-time positions well there's not going to be any slush fund money there now because we're paying it to employees which we should have been doing all along part of our federal lawsuit uh had to do with being understaffed so they said okay well you're going to have this much more staff yeah in pay slots we had we've left them open the
1: headcount use that money got there.
4: the, the headcount head never changed
1: so you're talking about, in, in your remarks to the commissioners, you talked about a need on the vehicle front as well. Yes. Um, so you've got, as an example, 30 road deputies. So I assume that means you need at least
4: 30 vehicles. I'd say you'd need 35, I mean, for, for, for what we call pull cars or spare cars. Right. Because uh, you, your, your reserves also have cars. They're correct. And that wouldn't even be counting their cars. Yes.
1: So, as the department, you're responsible for forty, forty five cars that are in an inventory. Right.
4: We've got probably uh, fifty. I think we have about fifty five cars in inventory. I'd say fifteen of them need need smashed. Um, and, and seriously, it, it's <laughs> you guys are laughing, but <laughs> because you know it's true. <laughs>
3: no, no, because one caught on fire the other day. Oh yeah, yeah. On a
4: call. Oh yeah. So we're we're driving on a call. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's an insurance claim. So our guy said he had mission hadn't. accomplished. I'll let Nate tell you. Yes. Hey, tell us about, <laughs> it. tell us about it. Fire dripping down on his legs while he's driving. Yeah. The
6: they, it was stopped. They were, went out to their car and he noticed a dripping fire from the dashboard area. He was jumped to the attention, got his fire extinguisher, put it out, but it was all up underneath the dash, some type of an electrical wiring fire. So it's kind it's down for the. Time being until we figure out what the
4: so fix is. we have cars. Nate, keep the mic because you're the, you're the one that uh, takes care of the cars. And <laughs> we have cars that have you know two hundred. One of them has like two hundred fifty thousand yeah. miles We've on. We've got it.
6: a couple that have about a quarter million miles apiece. A couple, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jeez. and go
4: they're ahead.
6: Still, yeah. They're still running. Um, they don't go very fast or get you anywhere but, uh, very fast. But they're they're cars that are still used from time to time throughout the day to help get us over the hurdle sometimes. <laughs> so, so
1: 55 cars in the inventory, maybe 35 that you need as top line production vehicles. If you're trying to replace 35 cars, if you did five a year, that's once every seven years on a car. Does that interval even work for you? Do you need well, six a year?
4: What? Well, we're doing four years. So yeah. you, you do the math. Does it work? No, it don't. I brought this up in, in, in the campaign during the campaign, at a at a council meeting, and I, I caught a little flack on it, not from the council, uh, but I, I I made the point we we have not felt the brunt of being short on vehicles because we're short staffed, so we're like oh we're fine well yeah we're fine because we're short staffed and and right now what we have done we we just put three new deputies on the road uh, what last week last week and we. We're filling the staff. Now we're filling the pain because we don't have vehicles. I don't know that we have today. We don't have vehicles. Do we have vehicles to cover all of our staff? And thankfully, they're, the new guys are just going into training, so they're not going to be on the road for a little bit.
6: So we're moving people around within the department. So when one guy Monday will go somewhere, that car will become available. And then in a month or two when we move somebody else, I'll have that car available for a road position. Um, but we're still going to be stuck with some 2016s that are going to be regular duty cars that are in that 150,000 mile range. They're, and, and they're in bad shape. Yeah. They're I mean, in bad shape. They're at a hundred thousand miles. A police car starts to really pick up. It's wear. you can, you can tell it's, it, it's been used. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he was saying, we've got that 15 cars that are just ready to go. And when we get rid of them, they're, they're done. They're not, something you're going to take out and drive the family. You guys around. Like
0: auction those
6: off or what happens? That's what they're getting prepared to do. Okay.
0: Get, yeah. And, and that's something that
4: c- the commissioners take care of. I want do to talk. You, a, do you get that money though? Or that does goes, that would go back to the County. Oh, okay. Let me talk about something important real quick. Hold that thought. Cause this, I don't want to, I'll forget this cause I'm, I'm getting old. Um, liability. This is something that I talked about in, in, in both of the, the commissioner and the council meeting recently. And, and, um, Vehicle liability is huge. At New Sheriff School, they um, they they gave us a, an instance of a county not wanting to spend I don't know it's four or five hundred dollars to fix a strut or something on on a police car at a county in in Indiana, and and they did they put it off they put it off uh, the one of the deputies um, and I, I believe it was off duty, but the the car malfunctioned. Ended up killing his wife, and I think they paid out a five or six million dollar lawsuit. And I've, I have brought this up before, and, and I'll, I'll stay on it here. We sometimes, uh, strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. We will look at, uh, well, you can get another thousand miles wear out of that tire. And, you know, I, I have driven, I have driven a reserve car when I was a reserve that had metal coming out of it because those tires are $125. Yeah, a lawsuit's gonna be five million plus when that sucker blows and somebody gets killed. So, um, liability is, is a, a big, big issue to me. Um, and, and that, that spreads out on so many different levels. We talked about the special deputy badges and all of that. We have been just running wide open, seemingly with no grasp on where our is at. Our liability is shocking. Our people would have a heart attack. If I told them the stories of of what these people are using our badges to work fifty dollar an hour security jobs, they didn't do anything for the county. They're going over to Indy making more money than our full time deputies, which that burns my hide. And so that's why we called all that in. I and and oh, I believe me, I've taken some some hot phone calls and had a guy drop his badge off today, come in, hand me the badge. Nice guy. He's like, my law enforcement days are done, and I I said I appreciate it and put his badge up and super nice guy. However, I did, I did tell him, I said, um, I said, you know, I I did get a video of you trying to use your badge to get out of a ticket and didn't appreciate that. Um, so we've just got, we've got liabilities all over the place. Back to cars. My, my car, I looked at my plates on, on my car and they'd been expired for three years. It showed three years. I thought that, that can't be right. So I run my plate. And it's been, my plate has been expired for three years. So it's like we have no, and we're pulling people over and towing their car. Oh, you're expired six months, sir. Start me a dispatch, start me a wrecker. You know, here we're driving around. We don't, it's, we haven't had a good handle on what's been going on, but we're getting a handle on it. So
3: Matt, you, you. I was just going to comment the good thing about no cars for the road is I get detectives. Nate fights me tooth and nail (laughs) to not want to give me somebody when I'm short handed, but when it comes to the, he has a new guy needs a car, the detective division has extra cars right now. So I got the upper hand.
4: Yeah, if he can move if he can move a road guy with a marked car over to the detective side, then he's got that marked car to hand to another guy. That's Listen. what
1: so it, you did have old cars, because you had a number of retirements, right? At the end of 2022, there were some retirements So some of those vehicles. I assume we don't yep. give them the cars and the guns, right?
4: We keep the cars. That's, that's correct,
3: yes. <laughs> Maybe better so go far. that route. Give them the car, keep the gun, the gun. The gun is worth more than the car. <laughs> <laughs> probably. We
4: should have done that on a couple, probably.
0: <laughs> so are you, are, Nate, are you moving a lot of different road deputies between vehicles, or is that something like only reserves are getting moved around, only new
6: guys So the guys that are in cars right now, those are typically their cars, unless something happens to their car, a motor blows, transmission, uh, dash catches on fire. Um, It's that getting, like the sheriff was saying, we've been short, so we've had short cars, but we've not had a problem because we've been short people. But now with the three new guys coming in, what we have... Two empty detective vehicles at this point. Just one. just one, and then so I've got three guys that will need cars, and I look out there right now. So I'll get, like I said, one Durango whenever he moves to the detective side, and then another Durango when another guy moves to the detective side, and then I'm kind of grasping at straws to get that next next vehicle. We're gonna we ordered new cars in the fall last year. So we'll get some replacements, but then I'm going to have they're replacing obviously a 2016 Tahoe that's 150,000 ish and a Charger that's probably got 170. So it's not like those cars will be great cars for anybody to go in. They'd be fine pool cars to use part time, but they're they're just going to be long term. I want to say financial burdens because there's going to be continued problems for right. them. The maintenance that, cost is, yeah. is, is,
0: is big for them if you're using and as a And as a captain uh, over the road deputies, you're, all of a sudden that's your responsibility to shift people in different cars.
6: Yeah, every, I'm trying, I'm the trying to go. keep the, the road side of it covered as best I can right. and keep them out working and not having to deal with tow trucks to tow their cars to wherever we're getting them fixed. But if we had enough vehicles, all of a sudden you don't have to worry about it
4: anymore. Yeah. And we we've got we have to get there. So this and he said we ordered four new cars, uh we ordered four new cars last year that will come in here hopefully in 3 months or so. However, um it, that was over budget. We had to spend a little bit more money that was budgeted and then we had to pay for the the other car they didn't pay for the last time. So that came out of this budget. So I only have the money to pay for three of those coming in. And we, we need like two more new cars right now. We have, we, one of our deputies totaled uh, their car uh, a month or so ago. So all of a sudden, that's gone. That was a good car gone. Um, are these things not insured? Like, it, yeah, they
6: are. It, it, yeah, like, yeah. You, I assume you have insurance
4: replacement, yes. right? Well, not replacement. So I'm, I'm guessing we'll probably get, just, just my guess, 15000 out of that I, one.
6: I would estimate it probably be be just under half yeah. of what a new car would cost is what we'll get out of the
4: Right, and sure they're so. running those Durangos uh, V8 um, all-wheel drive. They're running about 38.5, and then you've got to 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 upfit them. Mm-hmm. Here's another issue: we we have no line item for this. It costs a brand new radio car radio seven seven thousand, right? Just for a radio, six to seven thousand. You've got another what seven thousand in lighting. Really, we need about fifteen thousand per car just to get it what we call upfitted. There's there's no line item for that and they just pull money from here, there and everywhere. These things need to be line item out. We do this every year all the time. We need line items for it. So again, no fault of council or commissioners. They just haven't they haven't known like so, and some of them have told me, Look, we'll we we want to fund you, so but we, we also want to know where the money's going.
1: When you have your first budget conversation as sheriff, it's gonna be a, a significant work session.
4: It, it is. Is
1: yes. your anticipation? Yes. So, Explain the specialty deputy program a little bit more for the audience to understand what was
4: what was happening there and what okay. the what the policy change is. Okay, so a special deputy. This is very odd and probably goofy if you want to say that that the sheriff can actually deputize a person and give them full
0: police powers full With, pl- without going through yeah, the academy. Exactly. Or anything. I was exactly. really hoping that after two more times, five times on the show, <laughs> that's I'd, right. That's I'd right. Well,
4: that's I think I think is actually. It used to maybe only one time on the show would get that for you, but uh, <laughs> you but, should have asked before the program. I exactly. Guess. So, so what? What we had is people who just I can say, hey, here's your special deputy badge. It's a badge just like ours. Uh, it, it can, it'll say special deputy on the um, on the ID card, but that gives them full police powers. The same police powers as any other police officer around here, and it can be twenty four. 24-7. So then they can go to wherever and get a security job that, again, pays a lot of money, more than more than our guys make full-time. Because there are private security jobs that yes. require
1: yes. somebody to be a deputy somewhere in the state of Indiana. Yes, so,
4: we can we – can, this thing is – this is a, a big web. That's a, probably a good way to say it. This is a, a, a really big web. So I called um, – I contacted the administration um, early last year and asked them to produce a list of all the special deputies, and um, so I, they were unable to produce one. They didn't have one, so I said, "Well, I guess we can make you something up." And, and at that point, I said, ah, d- "Don't worry about it. I just want to see if we had one." So, but but uh, before c- taking office here, I did I did tell them I need a list of all the special deputies, and so they put one together as best they can. And, Josh, you've seen the list. I don't know. It was a 40-some, a 40-45, somewhere in that range. And I took a quick glance at the list. I'm thinking, well, I know this person, this person, this person, and this person that have special deputy badges. They're not even on the list. So that list only told me that we have no idea who all has special deputy badges. So um, I made it kind of plain in campaigning. We're cutting that off because it's a liability, if they're doing their security job, they're wearing our badge, Henry County Sheriff's Department. They have clothes with our patch on it. If they get in a fight or a shooting, guess who's getting sued? We are. And, and the taxpayers are going to end up eating those losses. Um, what,
1: what kind of – are we talking about, like, these folks doing stadium security or funeral yeah, escorts, yeah, you like construction, you name it. running lights at construction sites? What are we doing? Yeah, all of it.
3: It's a majority of oh, off-duty security at construction sites, sporting events, uh, school events, and things like that. And majority of it's in Marion County or the surrounding Donut Counties around Marion County. Because I've had people send me pictures of somebody wearing one of our badges and say, "Hey, do you know this guy?" And I'm like, "Absolutely not. Never seen him before." But he's, but he's we work working a sporting event in Indianapolis.
4: And, and and what do they usually get paid? Some of those they'll they can range in fifty fifty five an hour, can they?
3: I think the minimum right now is forty, and then up to sixty. So somewhere in that that neighborhood, depending on what you're doing, and, and the majority, of it comes down to the keyword is having arrest powers. Not that they're going to make an arrest in Marion County, because that would just be a nightmare in of itself to deal with their process. But you have the ability to make the arrest, so now we'll we'll hire you to be security.
4: And so so they're making eighty thousand full time. Think about what our officers feel like. We're down here working it, and and making last year forty three seven. And we got some cat up in Indy making $80,000 that don't know jack squat about law enforcement, but has a badge that matches ours. I don't like it for our officers' sake, and I don't like it for our liability's sake.
3: When the other thing, it's, it, as I come up, you know, I started Newcastle PD in, you know, 99. I think I was making in the mid 20s, something like that. So I supported my family off part time jobs because I couldn't make enough money doing police work. So then that puts those people out there to compete with people that are, been to the academy that have the training that have the experience so if something does come up that's really going to be the person you want there
1: is in your history you've done town marshal work you've done code enforcement those sorts of
3: I, i've also worked jobs. for i mean i spent my summers working for e b paving on construction sites i know we've talked about it because you like to sell them rebar and <laughs> they and, are
1: very good customers yeah, yeah so it, they, but, they but, pay way faster than henry county does as far as their <laughs> go
3: but those, but that, I mean, we're putting those people out to compete against ourselves, so our deputies can make a living to have those extra things that they may want.
4: That's that's one of my biggest gripes right there. Is that market is flooded, and I, I love it when you guys get to go do those fifty-five an hour EMB paving jobs because it, it's it's nice for them to go grab a, a check. We're we're doing that now for funeral escorts. We this could have been worked out ages that. ago. Yeah. yeah. So so we used to run funeral escorts for free. It tied up our, our officers. Um, we were running them all the time. I got all the funeral home uh, owners together, and they said, hey, we'll, cool, we'll pay the, the officers direct. So we set up a, a pool of officers who wanted to do that. So they will get a call from the funeral home. They'll know they're on call for that funeral tomorrow. They'll get a call a 20-minute advance, soon as the service is out. They know they've got to get there within 20 minutes. They'll go down there, funeral home guys will walk out, hand them a $75 check. They'll escort them down a lot of times to South Mound and and drive off. It's a great way. I'm thrilled about that because it's a great way for our our full-time guys off duty to, to pick up some extra cash. So I want to lessen the market of all these special deputies. I want our guys who put the time in. To have those the availability to go grab those jobs and make extra money.
0: I didn't realize that the special deputy program was even like still a thing. I thought it was just old time out if, old I, west out west.
3: I, no, I bet if you look back, that's what it started for for the sheriff to get a posse to go out to Moreland and and capture the right. bad guy when there was one or two deputies available.
0: With the bounty hunters, yeah.
4: <laughs> can I tell you? Can I tell you one guy that called me? I said, John, I've got to have that special deputy badge because that's I, I work full time security. And He said, That's my only check. Uh, that's my only check other than my disability check. And I said, Well, I said, I, I asked that guy. I said, What do you do for the county? And he legit said, What do you mean? I said, I don't know how else to ask it. What do you do for the county? He said, I don't. I don't work for the county. I work security. I said, I I get that. I'm asking, what do you do for Henry County?
1: What's the reciprocal arrangement?
4: There, here? There's zero. And I said, When. What kind of training are you staying up on? Well, we hadn't been required to do any training. I said, when's the last time you qualified with your gun? He said, I think I qualified a couple of years ago. So that, that's what we have that if all, you know, what breaks loose, they end up shooting somebody, we're cooked.
3: And the big difference is we have reserve deputies that have training to have the state requirements, just like we do, that go through pre-basic. You know, they don't take the step to go through the academy because most of them are citizens that live in this county and work full-time and want to volunteer their time. So there's other avenues outside of special deputy to, you know, work for us or, or get the ability to do those things. But they want the easy way, which is just the here you go, no strings attached.
0: All right, one other thing I wanted to talk about um... Before we move on to our next question is, uh, the last time Matt Pierce was on the show, we were, uh, trying to fundraise for the city of Newcastle canine department. Uh, so wanted to ask you, you said that we needed three more canines for the sheriff's department, correct? And will they require cars?
4: Well, the, <laughs> they, uh, they will require, um, upgraded cars. Let's, let's say that. So, oh, so even yeah, more upfitting. Yeah. More upfitting. Um, we, we are, we have to put on two right now. So we have had three canines retire, um, recently. And in fact, we're going to have a retirement party for those three canines, uh, two weeks from today, right? Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks from today. Um, and, and we have had a, another canine handler that is leaving. So his canine is gone as well. So we've had four, uh, four canines recently leave the department. Um, we are down to one canine. We have to put two, two canines on right now. Now, this is not going to be a shocker, but the, we have no budget for canine, even though it's an integral part of, of the department. For whatever reason, it's not. It's not. There's no. There's no budget for it. So they're like, "Well, go raise your money." So we're we're going to work on changing that, but it's not going to get changed with the county quickly. The the culture is that the community helps support the canine operation. So, so here's where we're at. We have to raise fifty thousand dollars quickly. Twenty five thousand dollars per canine to 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 get the dogs and get them trained and ready. And so we are we are going to be embarking officially. How'd you guys, how'd you like that? Embarking, man, I, I didn't even mean to do that. And that just, it worked out. So we are, at least he's humble about the self-congratulations. If he
3: yeah. was, if was word, he is, he's the, the king of dad jokes.
4: Yes. So I love this. We are, we're going to be embarking on a, um, a, a, a fundraising, uh, effort for new canines starting officially next two weeks from today at the canine retirement party the the newspaper is going to be out there and do an article we already had a local businessman stop in he saw it in the paper and and he stopped in and and uh dropped a large check said i just want to do this for the canine so i want to show you guys if you guys can see we have we're selling t-shirts that say support the pauls that enforce the laws and these are, and we have pink t-shirts as well, and they're really, really cute. So uh, I believe we're we're starting to put this out on social media. Order a t-shirt. Order a bunch of t-shirts. This will go to a good cause. So, yeah, fifty thousand, and we're gonna we're gonna get there. We've got some good supporters, and that that care about this I program. Have, so. I have
1: to raise a heartless and yet and and yet practical question. So, if an officer, you've got twenty five thousand dollars invested in a dog, mm-hmm. and an officer says they're leaving. Mm-hmm. They take the $25,000 dog with them to another department. I'll, I'll let them talk. They, they right. can explain I just,
3: that. Yep. So as a former canine handler. I know you have a relationship with the dog, etc. Correct. Correct. Um, I was in canine school with dogs that were what we call recycled. So they were getting new handlers. If the dog is young enough, if there's enough value left to send them back to school, then yes, the dog is recycled. If not, then the dog is given the opportunity to live its life with a handler. And, you know, I had a dog retired to me when I left the city to come to the county. Um, my wife has lost all of her dogs basically working. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's that's not necessarily a wash. I mean, right. The value is still there in the dog if we have another hand. But we also find that those guys rarely leave because that's a passion they have. Most people that get into canine, like my wife, would not be a police officer without canine. That is her passion. So she... You know, it's a draw. Once you get to that position, most of them don't want to leave because they've achieved. That was their goal.
4: Okay,
1: it's a, I know that the question that the audience is going to have, wondering how how to fit those pieces together.
4: All right. So again, the the three retired, and and there was one that that left previous to that at retirement age, and um, so we only have one that is leaving. That is not. It's it's the dog is is. Not young enough, and we had this conversation to, you know, to try to transfer it over to another handler. Okay.
0: So to to preface the the last question here before we move on to the department side, um, to yeah, to preface that question is in the campaign you talked a lot about restructuring the budget, needing more details and things. So it's been really interesting tonight to hear that come full circle as your. Making more realizations about the budget and uh, the, the shape that it was in, and uh, just restructuring that. So it's been really interesting for me to hear, and I'm sure other people as they listened through. Um, but have there been any challenges that you have faced since you took office that have been that have been total surprises, like you didn't expect it at all?
4: Not that I other uh, again, other than the financial side of it. Um, there, you know i I understand operating a business, having employees um so there's not been anything that's been oh my goodness i I didn't know about this no. uh, so
1: pigtailing with Dakota said there was a a discussion about Henry county billing the state for some things as um, well
4: yeah we we haven't touched on half the time. <laughs> so um we we are housing. So, like, we used to send out inmates to other facilities and pay them hundreds of thousands to hold our inmates. We are holding, uh, today, I think, seven, uh, DOC, uh, Department of Corrections inmates for them. So that's right now that rate is $37 each person per day. Um, and so, you know, as we were trying to figure out where we are financially, we, we found out that, uh, our department has, hadn't even billed DOC. Since February of last year, um, and so of course, we get a hold of DOC and they say, well, tough luck our our budget ends twelve thirty one you're not getting anything and so we just didn't bill them and you you add that up the, the thirty seven a day for for uh, seven people right now that's eight thousand a month, and you know whether it was seven people all the way back then, I don't know that fluctuates a little bit, but uh, there's there's a good amount of money there there's another we haven't been charging for running uh e- e- emergency um transports um and what's like like EDs the um emergency detentions we have to take these people to man we're running them all over the place crown point where we go there's sometimes we're hours hours and by state statute the county can bill these people's insurance and even bill their state insurance we have never done that and I asked the, the ambulance, uh, an ambulance service that sometimes they run them if it's not, a, not a judge signature. And they get $1,500 to take somebody to options in Indianapolis, which is one of the closer places that we go to. $1,500. bucks we are we're running transports a hundred plus a year. And it's, it's, it's growing. Man, we ran like five of them the other day. So think about this. If so, that's, we would build so that's some,
1: that's some of your, your, your shortfall versus other departments. Is just, that there's revenue here that's not going to We're just
4: not, it. we're not cashing in on it because it's a process. It, it, it takes some structure and, 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 that's what I'm finding. That's one thing that I'm finding that the, there's no process or the, the structure is just not there. You've got, you've got two people trying to do each do 10 tasks instead of one person taking care of five and this person taking care of five. They're both trying to do the same 10. And, and so, we're trying to streamline the the process and, and, and have our people know, you know, what is their job description? What, what are, you know, what duties do you fulfill? And it was interesting to find a lot of people just didn't know, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to do this, 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 I'm trying to do everything. Well, everybody was trying to do everything and everything wasn't getting done.
5: This is a, a, the problem he, he brought up us needing two more deputies. Um, it's just not one thing. We're, we're trying a lot of different things, such as addressing the funeral escorts. Um, when you've got three officers, there's times we've had two mayor deputies working, and you have the funeral escorts coming in. You have an emergency detention coming in. You have a serious accident. So we're, we're trying to alleviate that by um, the, the funeral escorts having our off-duty guys do that. We're trying to keep from our merit deputies, the full time guys, from doing the emergency detentions. Um, our reserve program has really stepped up and helped out with that. Um, so, and, and Matt, he's short a detective because uh, when I, I was in the detective division and uh, when I moved to chief deputy, we didn't replace that spot because we were short on the road. Um, so, so he, he is short, um, a, a detective. And, and I, I will say this those guys are on call. Our detectives are on call if something happens. Well, uh, uh the, most of the last half of the year, we had three detectives. So we were on call every three weeks. And, um,
4: you explain that further, uh, uh, what that takes yeah. uh, you out.
5: Well, yeah, you're, you're pretty much confined to the county. Um, once every three weeks, you're you're trapped here because you have to be available, right? To
4: trapped,
0: you're at home. You're not. You're not going out to El Chili's and drinking a margarita, right? It, cause yeah, it's, anytime you can get a call,
5: right? Absolutely. So we need we need to address the on call pay, but we also need to uh, get that manpower. Can you get back a premium up. for that.
4: Tell them what they get just so that people will know. Pull well, your bike in a little closer now. Yeah. T- t- tell them how much you get for on-calls when you're stuck here. People will be interested to hear.
3: Uh, $1,500 for uh, a year, and it's paid back. So, uh, like my detectives that started, uh, like Kindred, this month, he won't see his $1,500 until January of 24, even though he's going to go they, right into the on-call.
0: They pay it in a, in like a yearly. Like yeah, something. it's in the
3: rear. Mm. So if you roll right in, you're going to spend the whole time stuck to
0: is, within within it, a good distance of the county. That, with, is that like a local contract decision or is that like? I don't know where it came from. I've been here since
3: 2005 and it has not changed since then. Mm. So it, it was just one of those things because we are requiring them to basically give up on certain things. You, you know, if, if you guys call and say, let's go to St. Elmo's and in like, sorry, I'm on call. Like, and, and that's things 15, we turn down.
4: 1500 a year. I just want people to understand. Correct. Yeah, 1500 a year. How many weeks were you stuck here last year? Give me an example. For 1500 well, bucks.
3: I will tell you this. This is an example. When I started, there were seven detectives on call. So you were on call once every seven weeks. That wasn't too bad. Last summer, me, Josh, and uh, Mark Reese, who's retired and uh, went to another agency, we spent from basically July until the end of the year once every three weeks between the three of us. We just rotated. You know, I'm on call, week off, Josh, then me, then and just rotate through and and the other thing is it's not just being on call because the on call detective takes care of like the little fires. When the little fires come in from the from, from Nate's division and you know, I, I need help with this or I just need something little. But when the big things come in, the homicides, the rapes, the child molests, the the things that one person can't do, and there's three of us, we're all coming in. So it's not that I'm even on call. I just know that if Josh is on call and something big comes in, he's going to call me and we're all going to we're going to do it as a team and come in and help. So it, you know, the on-call detective is there for just the small things.
1: A lot that happens behind the scenes that the general public is not aware of. So help paint the picture of what what the organization looks like. John,
4: what Yeah, so obviously you had the sheriff and then the chief deputy and Josh, you can you can so what we'll do here you talk a little bit about your duties, and and Captain Nate could talk a little bit about his duties, and and then Matt, you can talk about yours, and then you talk about the sergeants. You could kind of help finish that off. So, yeah. So,
1: my, Zach, I, sorry, sorry, because they're they're not on limiters. Zack Zach's playing, pushing a lot of buttons on the backside today. He's getting zero extra pay, but has he's, a ten times harder job. He's than pushing tonight. our
4: buttons.
5: <laughs> so so my goal. Um, obviously john being the sheriff has a vision for our department and um we we are in a lot of meetings together because we have to be in tune with each other and 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 those things he's i I mean that is something that's just kind of blowing me away is all the meetings we have had so many meetings but they're important they are
1: you're also a month into this role as well this is correct you're, you're also drinking from the firehouse
5: absolutely yes um so it's really just taking his vision and 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 making sure it happens uh john's a good guy to, to get the project rolling and then it's up to me to make sure that there's follow through and and those guys these guys uh matt and nate they're awesome um they are they are super because there's no way i i could follow through on all of this um but in in and not only making sure that John's vision um, comes to fruition, it is also making sure that these guys are taken care of so they can take care of their officers as well. Um, so that is my goal is to, to uh, take care of the sheriff uh, and make sure his vision is, is uh, comes to fruition and also take care of um, uh, the road division um uh, captain Kovacs and, and the tech division, captain Pierce. Um, and also at times put out fires within the jail. Although we've got a great team. Um, uh, Jay Davis, he's our jail commander and, uh, Stacy Guffey's the assistant jail commander. Uh, we are very blessed. We're blessed all, all around. Really. We have an outstanding team and, uh, that's, that's how we're, we're getting through this, uh, we, we got a great team
1: all right so nate tell us about your new role or your, your i guess this is the continuation but what, what's it look like
6: uh, my side is the patrol side it's the side generally that the public sees with the sheriff's department um, my biggest goal is to help maintain that coverage and that workability of the road part of it um supporting my sergeants uh we've got we're on 12-hour shifts the sergeants we've got four sergeants on the road they've each got three guys so i work with the sergeants closely to make sure that their guys have what they need the equipment as best we can uh vehicles cars and then like chief deputy smith said support the sheriff's vision on what he's putting out to us and we just push it out to them and go that way out all right, and uh, Mr. Pierce,
3: I'm the detective of the captain division, or the the detective division. <laughs> I'm the detective of the captain. Division. Anyway, I'm over the uh, detective division, so basically, um, everything that needs investigation, whether it be uh, the small crimes all the way up to homicide, that's that's us. And I have two sergeants, um, three total in my division besides myself. And under this administration, at one point, the drug task force, it kind of it was oversight The oversight came from outside of the detective division. Um, I'd spent my first part of my detective career working narcotics uh, six years. So under this uh, administration, now the two narcotics officers from our agency that work with Newcastle PDs as well are, are back under me, and uh, we take care of anything that the, the road doesn't want. So
1: who is it that's responsible for running all the plates on the sheriff's department vehicles?
4: You run your own plate. You look at your plate. And you're like that thing's been expired for a long time. I'm gonna check it. You guys don't have stickers on them, do you? You don't have. You don't. We're have... supposed to. Oh. <laughs> well, not th- two different
1: plates. So got, we got that. we
3: got two different plates. We have the ones that you see on the sheriff's cars that are the patrol cars that have all the markings and the lights. They have permanently affixed plates to that van. So when a new car comes in, we request a, a plate or a plate transfer that car and it's good. Um, then we have civilian plates on some of our vehicles and UC plates or undercover plates that we go through the same process. Now we don't have to pay the state every year any sort of income tax or any sort of fees, but we go through the same process of renewing those and they issue a, a sticker and we, we put it on the plate and call. Those, those,
4: uh, the, the permanent plates are the Brown Sheriff plates. Right. Right, and then like said, so, those were not expiring. It's the other
1: use vehicles. That,
3: Correct. Those are those are permanently affixed to, to that vehicle while we have it. So well, we the,
4: might be running a plate that was permanently affixed to a car that is in the junkyard now, but that's, that's, we'll go. Fit, we'll find out soon what we're running. I mean, that, Got a lot of administrative
2: catches. It seems to like do. it helps the undercover part though. If you're rolling around on expired plates, like this can't be yeah. a real. Police <laughs>
3: cruiser they you think be you a get a little part. more street cred? Yeah, well. yeah. Yeah. Like I don't have time for plates. I yeah. need meth. Yeah. <laughs> I cred. have been.
5: When I was in the detective division I had been pulled over by a rush county deputy for having expired place. <laughs>
3: well, Did you
4: show him your special deputy badge?
3: <laughs> what was Mark's car, the traverse? How long it had been in our inventory and on the road with paper tags? Was it August? Which May, paper May? we kept printing May? paper tags, which no, no, paper had, tag you it it talking was like about May of last year and it was still up till January this year had that. I, think it's, I think it's on its way now. It real, is, no, it's, it's, it's taken its care of now. Oh, okay.
1: but we we rolled to. So what's our grace period as regular citizens on having slightly? Expired oh, you don't tags? have ones. <laughs> <laughs> There's no grace period. Moderately expired, or the sticker has been put on the wrong spot of the plate. You,
4: you know my personal uh, opinion on that. If I pull somebody over that's that's got a eight month expired or something, depend. You know that you might we might have a problem with that. But two, three months, four months. Five. I, I don't. I don't care. They're good people.
5: Just <laughs> that is not, not every there. officer's opinion, though. So that's not a. I work
3: know. in the detective division. We don't pull people over.
0: <laughs> My wife you didn't pull people over
3: when you didn't work in the
0: division. <laughs> My wife got pulled wow. over because her little sticker wasn't on there, and her her license her license hadn't ex- the plate hadn't expired. It would be it had been renewed, but I forgot to put the little sticker on her license plate. Boy, that's a, that's a bad husband move right there. (laughs) Yeah, it was. I heard about it later. The deputy that pulled her over though was, she's like, it, it's in here. I know that he, he paid it. And, he, she gave it, and she's like, there's the sticker right there after she got it out of her car. Did he put corner, it on for her? Yeah, he was Good. like, here, let me I'm put it, it on for you. I was like, oh,
3: In the majority of the time, it's nice. not that the officer's looking to give somebody a ticket. That's how you find other crimes that have happened in the county. I mean, it's the minor things. I mean, just, just creating me, a time long enough to let that dog pulled over the car for and uh, find out
1: what kind of trouble we're uh, in. That's right. <laughs> Writing a warning
4: by not scanning it, we're typing in a slow warning waiting on the time. I'm always
5: surprised. <laughs> we're
3: going to we're gonna wait a long time because we have one. They pulled That's right. They pull somebody over on 70. I'm
2: always surprised when they pull somebody over on 70 that's got like 100 pounds of weed in the car or some drug and they've got like broken taillights i'm like yeah
3: yeah. Like,
2: yeah it seems like the taillights would have been a worthwhile investment this i think jeremiah anyway. on
3: his road trips was getting out and doing a full walk around of his vehicles at one point i think you said you were going to nashville and you were concerned that there was a oh, license on, plate on light, light out my, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah on
0: the way to my bachelor party jeremiah was taking me to nashville he made me get out of the car and change the license plate lot. i i am a I I
1: take preventative maintenance very <laughs> seriously.
0: Well, well I, I roll around with a car with two hundred and
1: twenty thousand miles on it and take it thousand miles from home, but there are no check engine lights on it. I, I'm Zach, and I come from the same school of thought on the uh, on the PM side. So
0: you you mentioned the sergeants. I know that like you guys are over these departments. How does the sergeant role get broken down?
3: I'll explain him for mine and then he can for his. Uh, my sergeants are a little different because we're in a short division. Um, I still take cases like when cases come in um, and I will say it's such a, a, a turn it's taken since COVID for us. We do less property crimes and more crimes against uh, people and children. Like it is just oh, really? the child molest, the uh, child exploitation, the things like that. It seems like since people were stuck in the house together, have just it's there's no stop like we're we're called almost daily from the department of child services with another another case of of neglect or abuse against a child so my sergeant's work those cases as well when I'm gone one of them supervises uh like when I was gone last a uh, couple weeks ago with with Captain Kovacs and they also do the internals so if we have a and an internal would be not a violation of let's say a, a law but we have department SOPs and you're going to get familiar with those I'm sure dad is familiar with those. So if we have uh, an employee, especially a merit employee, that may have violated or we've received a complaint, it's usually my sergeants that take care of that. Or if it's would be a a sergeant rank that may have committed, then it would be me. But that that way kind of it has a little bit of separation. So supervising-wise, my sergeants have little to do, but they have more tasks that come with it by being a sergeant in the detective division.
6: The guys on my side, as I said, we've got four brackets. So I've got four sergeants. Each of those sergeants have three guys that are on that shift with them. So they're supervising those three guys and maintaining that four-man shift during their work hours that they work. Okay. So because you're not you're not working 24 hours a day. Yeah, so, I'm not working yeah. 24 hours a day, and I get lots of other little side projects that I get working on. Right. But we're a small enough department that. You get two guys off, I'm in the mix just the same as everybody else taking calls. Gotcha.
1: Okay. Sheriff Sproles, are you still, you, when you were running for office, you said, I'm still going to be on the road myself as well. Is that still I, happening or
4: not, not quite yet? Well, I, I've been out uh, several times He's, and uh, I, I took somebody from a call because it was near the end of the shift and I transported somebody to another county. I think, was that yesterday? I don't
6: know. Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, he so, showed up to a couple accidents here and there, and yeah. I, I had to stuff. show
4: up because so I can get my campaign hat on, <laughs> and you know, I try
6: to be like the troopers, running,
1: running straight to the news crews. That's
4: right. That's <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> all right, and then the, the last item Dakota has on the list is to explain the merit board because I, I, I am about to find myself with some exposure to this. Yes. Being a non-Republican and non-Democrat, I'm getting myself accidentally appointed. Yes. To the Henry County Merit Board.
4: Well, it wasn't accidental. Uh, it was not accidental on my part. Yes. <laughs> um, no, and and I am the one that appointed you because I I wanted you to be a part of our team, and uh, so I am I'm happy to have you aboard, um, on the board. Uh, but so the the merit board is it's five people, and the sheriff appoints three of them, and per state statute. Uh, the sheriff can appoint two of the same political party, and he has to appoint at least one of a of a different political party. Um, so that is why I to, to to try to maintain the spirit of of that law. I, I did look back at our our current board, and it was all one party. And again, that's that's a violation of state statute. Um, and and I understand the reasoning for that. So. You can attest to this. I didn't call and quiz you on your stance on marijuana (laughs) or your stance on anything. Um, I felt like, again, in keeping with the spirit of the state statute and state law, uh, select somebody from a different party. And so here you are, our libertarian (laughs) merit board member. I'm excited.
1: I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah.
3: One thing we weren't totally in violation because the deputies have two appointees and we did have one Republican and one Democrat. It was the other side that had three of the same party. So. I think
4: they both, the state statute spells it out that both have to have a separation. there. Correct.
3: So, and we did. Yeah. yeah on, you on, all did on our appointees. Yeah.
4: Right. So, um, so we, we have, we're excited about this merit board because of the, the wide range of knowledge and uh, backgrounds. And um, I, I, I like that. I, I, I appreciate the different uh, different viewpoints. I'm not a um, you know a, a I don't like just all yes men. I want people to to be grounded in in there. I want them to be able to explain why they want to do what. But um, I, so, I do appreciate the variety.
1: And the role of that board is, is it is a, they're citizens. They're not law enforcement professionals with the, They're not associated with the department. That's correct. And they have oversight over discipline. Yes.
4: And yes, hiring. That is correct. Discipline hiring. They also, uh, are involved in, in promotions. Um, I say they're involved. They have to approve the, the promotion, you know, rank promotions. Um, it is a paid position. A hundred thousand a year. Or did I look at the zeros wrong? I'm,
0: I'm quite sure that's wrong. <laughs> okay.
1: yes. If not, Payless. we need to re- we, we need, you <laughs> need to make some budget adjustments. Yes. When I was yes. researching,
0: uh, for the episode today, I was like, that is a paid position in the county or in the state of Indiana. And they, the statute said they must be paid $15 per day that they are on the task. We do, that you're working for the, as a merit board. We do better than that.
4: That it's $1,000 a year. I was off on the zero. I'm sorry. I, I.
3: (laughs) there's also a really important function of the merit board that a lot of people don't know, especially is in Indiana, every county has its own uh, retirement funding. Where if you get hired at, say, Newcastle PD, you go into perf. You go with all the municipal police and fire. And in, in Indiana, the way it's set up here is the merit board also is our financial advising board. So they, they take active role in what investments and, and where money is moved for the merit deputy's retirement. retirements. So the guys that are already retired, the guys that are still working, putting money in, uh, quarterly, you know, they're involved with the financial company trying to make those decisions long term. So that's a, it's a well funded program for us to retire.
1: Very good. That's uh once again more a lot of responsibility. But I did you know I I know very little about the law uh, other than uh, you know what the Constitution tells me. But I do have a bachelor's degree in management uh, in that's business, good. so I can barely balance a checkbook. <laughs> I don't have a checkbook. Dakota, do you actually have a checkbook? You probably yeah,
0: do because on the inside I, you're 73 years old. I have a checkbook, but <laughs> it has my parents' address on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: I remember those days of balancing, <laughs> writing the man. That's been a long time ago. Check your check your pager. See if you had any that didn't work on your checkbook.
1: All right, I I think <laughs> <laughs> think we're at the point in the show where we do final thoughts. We clean up anything we've forgotten, uh, and we uh, and and we get out of here. Uh, we normally go from right to left. So, Matt, you are in the hot seat. Is there anything we've forgotten? Is there anything you want to plug as far as uh, funding canines? Uh, any, anything along those lines that uh, that we need to talk about?
3: No, I, I think that... Uh, you can plug I, your eBay
1: store if you want to. I, I
3: would... <laughs> I'm not going to put it out there because I will get so many non paying bidders on my things and my wife will be very unhappy. No, I would just like to, you know, think that we're going in the right direction now because for the long time, as a member of this department and nothing against previous administrations at all, that some of this needed to be brought to light of how we were just doing without or moving money to cover places and, you know, vehicles. You know, I, this is my fourth sheriff. And, uh, Vehicles, training, um, you know, we're, we're working on getting new firearms because our firearms are, are getting to the point they're outdated. And it's, it's just nice to see a, a push for the things that we basically need. These aren't extras. These aren't, you know, we're not like I went to the Academy of at Carmel that probably have chauffeurs at their police department.
1: These are just the things we need. You're not to talking do. about getting a third MRAP. You're trying to get updated guns. We,
3: right. we need more tanks. And <laughs> no, we don't, no, it's not that. It's, it's just the things that we need. And in turn, we provide you know, coverage the basically everywhere, but Newcastle PD and two small towns. And if those small towns that have full time agencies aren't available, that's us. I mean, we we cover this entire county. So I, I'm just I look forward to hopefully getting more officers and and the funding we need. Not I'm not talking extra, just just what we need. So all right, Nate, you have to
1: explain why in a Chrysler Town we got Tahoes on the road. <laughs>
4: <laughs> how many, ask, how many I, t- ask him what kind of car he has right now. He's had this for like six months. He's way overdue. I'm way overdue. Captain has the nicest car on this department by far,
6: but I managed to fall into it. Huh?
4: You did. You did.
6: (laughs) Yeah. I, I kind of piggyback with what captain Pierce said, just keeping the changes are going to keep us competitive and allow us to continue to improve. My biggest fear is that we fall behind or we stay where we are and we start i want to say becoming a training ground for officers but we'll spend the resources to get these guys trained and then we'll lose them to surrounding counties that i mean you go towards indianapolis you start jumping up there are at a different considerably. scale considerably and it's not that big a move or a drive for people so that's where the changes we're making need to happen to keep us competitive we want to have good quality police officers here you you can see what happens in other areas on the news just when you start lowering standards to try and get bodies to fill those positions, you put the community at risk of bad things happening because you're lowering your standards. We need to have that good competitive base cars, equipment pay to keep good quality people here.
1: Awesome. Well appreciate you guys being with us. Sheriff, you want to, I guess we'll wrap up
5: with sheriff. You want to go ahead, Josh? Sure. Sure. Um, we just want to be able to take care of our people so they can take care of the people in the community. And, uh, you know, the, the, the financial piece, like he was saying, is a, is a big part of that. Uh, we've got a young department now, and those guys need train. Uh, Captain Pierce is going to have to send, um, I mean, our, our uh, homicide team, our major incident team, uh, we've we've lost
3: three of those guys, right, Matt? And um, Newcastle and us of the original team that we had, there's three of us left that have basically been to homicide school and/or investigated homicides. So everybody else is brand new to this. So we're trying to get them trained. Yeah.
5: So we we need to have the money, and we need to know where it's coming from uh, to be able to fund things like that. Um, there's there's technology out there that we want to take advantage of if there's a for example, on Amber Alert, uh, there's technology out there that will help us locate children that have been abducted a lot quicker. So we we need the funding to do that. Uh, it's important stuff, and we want to um, we want to be able to to do the best we can for our community. And uh, but but we have to have the money, and we've got we got to get back on track.
4: One thing that I'm very very happy about is um, the the commissioners and the council people have reached out and said, "Look, we want to fund you all. We we know that you you need more funding. We just want to know where the money's going." And uh, I, I'm going to be able to take care of of them knowing where the money is going by by putting more line items in the budget. And I believe they'll they'll follow through and take care of the funding. So I think we're headed in a in a great direction there um As Josh said this this may sound selfish. I've said it in the in the campaign. I said it uh, the night of the election. Um, my first responsibility is to take care of our people. We have to take good care of our officers so that they in turn can take good care of our citizens um and and as Captain Nate mentioned, uh we have got to stay competitive financially. Um, to to keep these these officers here, uh, the like you said, you go towards Indy, man. The the um, the salary just increases substantially. Substantially, the salary and the benefits are, are phenomenal. State police are looking at getting uh, possibly a fifty percent raise in July. That'll put them starting in the mid seventies and, and 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 moving uh, north from there. And, and and I am I am happy for that because it does put us uh, put some pressure on our community uh, to to do better for our officers. And, and I and I know I feel like again council and and commissioners are willing to do it. I know that our citizens want to take good care of the first responders. So um, I think if we you know paint the path out clearly where they they want to know. Listen, it's their money. Yeah. They want to know where it's going. So we're going to take care of our people first. And that and then we're going to take care, good care of our community. Well, the skepticism from
1: from the public comes from things like the public income tax that was increased for for emergency services that we don't necessarily have concrete things to say, hey, it paid for X, Y and Z.
4: Well, we're going to get concrete things to say because we're going to cover that soon. Um, I say soon. It's going to get covered and it's going to be spelled out. And so people want to stay tuned in. There's a lot of things that are going to get spelled out and they will probably be some jaw droppers. And, and we're here to, to be transparent. I'm not knocking on anybody. Okay. But we're here to, this is the public's uh, department. It's the taxpayers and they need to see where it's going and they're going to see, and we are going to do some retrospective
0: look at some of that those funds you got a fresh set of eyes in a new era yes that's right all right dakota final thoughts i just wanted to say thank you guys for coming on this i think this has been a pretty good informative episode and it has been really interesting for me to watch uh to hear from you john from the campaign and then as you've gotten into the role and it's it's been it's been really good to hear for me especially and very informative and educational so really good um
1: all right. Uh, thank you guys very much for being a part of the show. Very, very uh, thoughtful and informative episode. And I think, I think the community is better off for you guys taking the time your Thursday night. Uh, I know on somewhat short notice for everybody, so we appreciate you being here with us. Uh, next week, we are scheduled to have Chris May with us, uh, who just recently uh, retired. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> essentially, we're having a, a millennial gap year discussion. Uh, Chris was the executive director of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, and he took a sabbatical, essentially, some time off, and he's just now getting ready to start with the Rush County Community Foundation as their executive director. So he's going to join us, and then uh, Bash Kreider is going to sit in with us as well. Uh, So really nice show coming up next week as well. Looking forward to that. Uh, With
4: that, we say thank you guys very much, and we'll see you next Thursday.